Leviticus chapter 5. If anyone sins, in that he hears a public adjuration to testify, he being a witness, whether he has seen or known, if he doesn't report it, then he shall bear his iniquity. Or if anyone touches any unclean thing, whether it is the carcass of an unclean animal, or the carcass of unclean livestock, or the carcass of unclean creeping things, and it is hidden from him, and he is unclean, then he shall be guilty. Or, if he touches the uncleanness of man, whatever his uncleanness is, with which he is unclean, and it is hidden from him, when he knows of it, then he shall be guilty. Or, if anyone swears rashly with his lips to do evil or to do good, whatever it is that a man might utter rashly with an oath, and it is hidden from him, when he knows of it, then he will be guilty of one of these. It shall be, when he is guilty of one of these, he shall confess that in which he has sinned, and he shall bring his trespass offering to Yahweh for his sin, which he has sinned, a female from the flock, a lamb or goat, for a sin offering, and the priest shall make atonement for him concerning his sin. If he can't afford a lamb, then he shall bring his trespass offering for that in which he has sinned, two turtle doves or two young pigeons, to Yahweh, one for a sin offering and the other for a burnt offering. He shall bring them to the priest who shall first offer the one which is for the sin offering. He shall wring off its head from its neck, but shall not sever it completely. He shall sprinkle some of the blood of the sin offering on the side of the altar, and the rest of the blood shall be drained out at the base of the altar. It is a sin offering. He shall offer the second for a burnt offering, according to the ordinance, and the priest shall make atonement for him concerning his sin which he has sinned, and he shall be forgiven. But if he can't afford two turtle doves or two young pigeons, then he shall bring as his offering for that in which he has sinned one-tenth of an ephah of fine flour for a sin offering. He shall put no oil on it, and he shall not put any frankincense on it, for it is a sin offering. He shall bring it to the priest, and the priest shall take his handful of it as the memorial portion and burn it on the altar, on the offerings of Yahweh made by fire. It is a sin offering. The priest shall make atonement for him concerning his sin that he has sinned in any of these things, and then he will be forgiven, and the rest shall be the priests as a meal offering. Yahweh spoke to Moses, saying, If anyone commits a trespass and sins unwittingly regarding Yahweh's holy things, then he shall bring his trespass offering to Yahweh, a ram without defect from the flock, according to the estimation in silver by shekels, according to the shekel of the sanctuary, for a trespass offering. He shall make restitution for that which he has done wrong regarding the holy thing, and he shall add a fifth part to it, and give it to the priest, and the priest shall make atonement for him with the ram of the trespass offering, and he will be forgiven. If anyone sins, doing any of the things which Yahweh has commanded not to be done, though he didn't know it, he is still guilty, and shall bear his iniquity. He shall bring a ram without defect from of the flock, according to your estimation, for a trespass offering to the priest, and the priest shall make atonement for him concerning the thing in which he sinned and didn't know it, and he will be forgiven. 
it is a trespass offering, he is certainly guilty before Yahweh. In this chapter 5, we've talked a little bit more about the sin offering, which is the fourth type of offering, and then halfway through we transition to the guilt offering, which is the fifth type of offering. So uh, I'm going to talk more about the guilt, off guilt offering tomorrow, but just mentioning now that this chapter from verse 14 onwards was talking about that. And it was talking about the need to make restitution. So when you'd bring this offering, you would also bring money, and the money would be to make restitution to the person you have robbed or to God, as well as the offering. But up to that was a sin offering, and it was for certain specific types of sin, you know, for taking an oath, you know, or different things like that, things that you had done wrong, and they were all listed. But one of the things that you will have, maybe will have noticed, was that in chapter 4 of Leviticus, where we started the sin offering, and now in chapter 5, where we've continued the sin offering, it talked about these sins as being unintentional. If anyone sins unintentionally, then this is what you do. So, the question had to be asked, well, what if you sinned intentionally? Well, there doesn't seem to be any sacrifice for that. Now that's a, a bother, <laughs> that's a concern because you yourself will know that in your own life there have been times you've sinned intentionally. Everyone has. And in the, in the nation of Israel, people did as well. So there's a lot, I mean, a lot of our sin, we sin unintentionally. We mean to do what's right, but somehow you, it could be simple things like we just, we mean to read our Bible, but we just don't. We're lazy or we forget. So we unintentionally sin and we human beings, we want to follow the Lord, but we sin like this regularly, all the time, without even knowing it sometimes. But there are occasionally times where we sin and we know we shouldn't. There's times when a young man might be home alone and he, he knows he shouldn't look at certain websites, but he does. And uh, his feelings overpower him, and, but his, his mind is telling him don't, but he does. Or there might be a young lady who knows um, she should dress modestly because that's the right thing to do, and she knows if she doesn't, she's going to attract attention, but she wants to attract the attention. There's, there's, there are lots of examples of things that people do. They know they shouldn't, but they still do them. So this is intentional sin. Well, in the law, there doesn't seem to be any sacrifices for this. So what would people have what would people do if they had sinned intentionally and everyone did? Well, we have an example of this in the life of King David. He committed adultery with Bathsheba and then he sent her husband off. He wanted to cover it up. She got pregnant and he wanted it to look like her husband had caused her to get pregnant. So he brought her husband home. But he, her husband was noble and refused to go and sleep with his wife that night. He, he slept in the pa at the palace instead. So there's no way she could have got pregnant from her husband. So instead, King David sends him out to the battle and puts him in the toughest place and he's killed. So he effectively murders him. So David knew that he was doing something wrong. He was aware of it. He knew that God would not be pleased and God wasn't pleased. And it got to the point where David realized he needed the mercy of God, but there was no sacrifice for this. In the law, there was nothing he could do. So there was only one thing left. He had to get down on his knees and he had to cry out to, for mercy 
from God. And there's a psalm, Psalm 51, that records David's prayer. It's a, it's, it's a prayer that I've prayed at times in my life when I realize I just need the Lord. And you know, all Christians who walk with the Lord at some time will pray Psalm 51 because we're all in need of the Lord's mercy. And he says, have mercy upon me, O Lord. Block out my transgressions. And so this is a genuine confession and repentance. It's the type of thing that we experience as Christians in the new covenant. We don't sacrifice animals. The Lord Jesus is our sacrifice. But we come to the Lord with confession and repentance and sorrow for sin. And so that is the way that, that sins are forgiven. But of course, there comes a moment when, when sins might not be forgiven if people continue to do that. If people continue to sin deliberately, you can get into a bad place where your heart can go hard, and we'll talk about that in another chapter. But here in, in uh, chapter 5 is the finishing up of the discussion of the sin offering, and that's a talking about Jesus Christ. And I'm going to read to you just three verses from Isaiah chapter 53. It says, Surely he, this is Jesus, took up our pain and bore our suffering, yet we considered him punished by God, stricken by him and afflicted. But he was pierced for our transgressions. He was crushed for our iniquities. The punishment that brought us peace was on him, and by his wounds we are healed. We all like sheep have gone astray. Each of us has turned to his own way. But the Lord laid on him the sin of us all. So the Lord Jesus, our sin offering. What does it call for in our attitudes? It means that there's no amount of love and there's no amount of obedience that's too great for God. You have to give him your all. And this isn't something that's an obligation but it's just something that we do out of gratitude and appreciation. Jesus has become our great sin offering. He's given everything for us, and there's nothing we want to do but give it all back to him in return. Lord, we do come and we lay down our lives as an offering to you. We realize that it's nothing in comparison to the offering that you gave to us of your life. And Lord, forgive us for treating the death of Christ in such a trivial way so often. But Lord, we acknowledge that your life was a great sin offering. And when you died, you said, it is finished. Your work was accomplished. Lord, a sacrifice for all time. And we thank you, Lord, for the greatness of it. And we apply it to our lives now for grace. Lord, blot out our transgression and forgive us our sins. In Jesus' name, amen.